1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Making the Zoo, brought to you by 360 Vodka. I'm your host, Martin Rucker, my co-host, Tommy Saunders, and today we got the king of Columbia, the, the prince man. of Missouri, yeah. Corby Jones, the man yeah. himself. Corby, man, what's up? How you doing? What's we up, appreciate man? you jumping on.
2: Of course, anything for you guys. Man, listen, I
1: feel,
3: you know, just so blessed to be sitting here in the presence of Hollywood. The most Hollywood guys I know that maximize everything that they do in life, on the field, off the field, in Big 12, at nightlife. You guys are it, man. Hall of Fame inductees. Hey, it's my pleasure just to sit in your guys' presence today.
2: Tommy, you're too kind. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, hey Corby man start the show off give us your uh give us some of your thoughts some of your takeaways on uh, this Mizzou team that we're seeing out on the field thus far
2: you know it kind of uh reminds me of some of the teams I played on there right now they look a little schizophrenic they look, look a little shaken mm-hmm. don't know what you're getting week in week out um and I think that's a that's a core team issue yeah. and I think their capabilities are there um I think you lost and you lost three stars on defense of the draft. Yes, you, you had a couple of transfers out as well that were that were strong quality players. Mm-hmm. Um so they're just trying to find their identity, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We had uh, a little dust up on the on the coaching staff um this week. And you know, it's it's real interesting that one that it came at this time, um, if you ask me, and then two, that the defensive line coach uh was the guy to get fired. Um it's uh it's really interesting. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I know you spent some time in some NFL training camps, you're a high level high level college player. Uh give us uh you know a little bit of your thoughts on that issue there.
2: You know, my perspective has always been players play and coaches coach. Um another phrase I tend to use often is it's not Xs and Os, it's Jimmy's and Joes. Yeah. And if their Jimmy's are better than your Joes, I don't care who's coaching the team. <laughs> so I think there's I think there's a mentality that has to change mm-hmm. um, in the locker room, and that yeah. starts with the players. I mean, on my teams, for I mean, for sure, um, it's there's there's a leadership component yeah. that that needs to take over.
1: Yeah, I so, thought it was. So talk. Go ahead, ahead Rob. Well, I thought it was really interesting that um, on the college level that this kind of move was made. Right. Uh, I remember back when I was with the Cowboys in 2000. I think it was 2011. We started out the season like one and seven, one and six oh and six something like that. And Wade Phillips was the head coach at the time. And after that last game that we lost, uh, Wade Phillips got fired. And Jerry Jones himself came into the meeting room and addressed the whole team. And Wade was in there. He said, you guys just got a good man fired. Wade Phillips was a good football coach. But we weren't winning because guys weren't doing what they were supposed to do. And the NFL is a totally different world, though, you know, and so in that world, when things aren't working, somebody's got to go. And it really usually jumpstarts everybody else. And that was what happened with us. But Jerry knew it. And he basically told us that he was like, listen, this ain't Wade's fault. This is your guy's fault. you got this man fired. But we couldn't fire all of you. <laughs> and something had to happen. Yeah. And so he's yeah. the guy who just fell on the sword. And to yeah. me, looking at that game, you got a sec- a first second year head coach a first year defensive coordinator. And then these cats came out for the first time this season in a three, four defense after losing, like you said, three NFL talent defenders last year and they fired the defensive line coach. It was, uh, it
2: yeah. was, <laughs> I, I got one for you. You guys are too young to remember this, but you ever heard an actor named Lee majors. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lee majors started in the eighties, uh, like not not a sitcom, but an 80s uh, drama show called The Fall Guy. Mm -hmm. So they just call (laughs) him Lee Majors. (laughs) That's kind of what we got going. And, you know, Ruck, something you said, you know, it's just the whole, the dynamic of the D-line coach getting fired in a situation like this rather than in the NFL. It's kind of a microcosm of what college football has become. And it kind of tells you that this is business now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not what it used to be. I mean, these, these, I mean, my dad, as you guys know, my dad was on staff. My dad was a coach my entire life Mm -hmm. and we moved seven different times when I was a kid. Yeah. Because when the head coach got fired, then all the assistants got fired. Yep. That changed in about 2000. And the athletic departments started giving the, the, uh, the non head coaches, the position coaches contracts that were tied to the university Mm -hmm. rather than tied to the head coach. Sure. So at least if you get fired you're getting paid rather than having to pack up and go find a job.
1: <laughs> yeah. The other crazy thing though is like in the NFL like you can fire a player. In college though you can't just pull a scholarship. So it's I'm good. I'll be curious to see what kind of effect this actually has on the players whether it's uh it's an adverse effect or if it actually kicks them in the gear because they're not going anywhere. I mean I right. guess at and- the end of the season they could but like right now you can't cut them next week.
3: <laughs> Correct. Yeah, and I think you're right, Ruck, on that because you know it's the and the NFL it's their livelihood. You know, these are yeah. young guy, these are young guys, and they know that the guys behind them aren't good enough to play, and they're gonna play. You know, I, you know, there's guys. are not bringing in right somebody
1: there. else off the street who was just on somebody else's fifty-three no. man roster, absolutely, who was an All-American the, guys the guys year me. before, right? <laughs> like I can, you know, you can bilingual. do whatever
3: you want, exactly. Mm-hmm. And these guys, you know, they're um, not into their own. Now they're still young and trying to figure out themselves right. and figure out their play and whatnot, but it is, uh, it is disheartening to see, see a coach build his career up, get to an sec school and, um, get it taken away like that because of, you know, players not executing and beating the guy across from them.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, uh, I don't even know if it's so much as that. You got guys that are still learning the system, right? Yeah. I mean, this is a brand-new defensive coordinator. And, you know, they haven't been performing up to snuff all season long. But they're four games in, adjusting to a new scheme to all new coaches. I mean, he was a first-year coach. And then, on top of that, in this game here, they come out in a brand-new defensive scheme that they've never run before all season long. I mean, it's just – it was an interesting fire to me. Right. Especially at the time. So uh, we don't hey, need to belabor between, the point, but hey, yeah,
3: but if hey, between me and you, Ruck, you gotta go,
1: bruh. Sorry. Hey, and I'll tell you <laughs> what, Tom, as you long as, as long as your family can keep eating, I would happily give up my job. You know what I mean? I'll figure it I out as long that. as you don't have to miss a meal.
3: Hey, I appreciate that. Um, Corby, so you know, the 97 season, uh, you guys found yourself, you know, five hundred three three and three. You came back and uh, won four out of the last five games, and the only game you lost was that Nebraska game. So talk about as the quarterback, as a leader of the team, you know, what was a mindset like when you're sitting there at 500, and how did you shift what was the energy like and what was that process to finish the season strong and get to a bowl game?
2: It's it's a mentality. I mean, it's finding finding who you are, and believing in the guys around you and wanting to play for the guys around you. You know, you guys all know as well as anybody, if you're, if you're not really playing for the people that are next to you, mm-hmm. if you don't believe the people next to you, then, then you're, you're not going to succeed. That's why right. it's yeah. the greatest team sport. There is mm-hmm. because if one person didn't doing their job. Then it can, it can shut the whole thing down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, that that 97 team. That was my junior season. And so Brock was the Brock Oliva was the, I mean, un, unquestioned leader of that team as far as work ethic and respect from the teammates. And Brock called the team meeting after we go back from K-State that day and we had just gotten shelled. I mean, it was not even, I mean, we, we could have. I mean, we may as well stay home. I mean, it was, I, mean, we, I was, I got hit, I got hit so many places. I mean, I should have been in an ice tub for about six, six days after that, man. Mm. But it was such a it was such a beatdown. Um, but it was like it felt like we gave up. We felt like we there there are players on our team that gave up, mm-hmm. and that was the one thing that Brock, as a senior, and he got the seniors together and got us all in there, and he said, you know what, we're not going to go out like this.
1: Mm-hmm. We're
2: not these teams of the of the '80s that just were content with losing games. Yeah. I mean, it's a different attitude, and that's yeah. what it's all about. It's about having the attitude. And I know right now those guys down there, their confidence is shaking. You know, sure. I mean they're, I mean that you 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 take a heartbreaker at Boston College after you get the best kick I've ever seen out of a college kicker. Yeah. And and I'm not a kicker fan. Let's get that let's start first and foremost, <laughs> I don't love kickers ever. But this kid can kick period.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. But,
2: but you come off that and you come out flat and your confidence is shaking.
1: Mm -hmm. and
2: they've got to find a way to get that back and learn how to love and play for each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. As a quarterback, right, like, so you control the ball on every snap. Like, as a quarterback, how do you get that out of your players? Like, you can do so much, or even take it a step further, say Brock Olivo, he's a senior. Well, he's a running back. He only gets the ball if you give it to him. So, like, how do you let other players influence you and let other players make you a better leader of your offense and then turn that into the team because you don't even play defense at all?
2: Well, I will say that our 97 defense, even the games that we came out firing on offense, we knew that we were going to have to score. We knew we were going to score about 30. And we, was, we, had a, we had a running joke. Our, our pre defense was called Falcon. And every time we heard the words Falcon, I go over to our bench and I say, guys, put your helmets on. We get back out. Because the previous defense was prevent nothing, but for us when That was it. Hey, so, so, no, we so. we we always had, I mean, the way the way I look at a quarterback and the great ones are all the all the same. It's the same way you look at it at a head coach. Mm-hmm. How well can you motivate the people around you to play for you? Right. In order to do that, you have to know personalities. It's like yep. my mom used to tell us when we were kids. I will not treat all of you the same ever, mm-hmm. but I will treat you fairly. Sure. so if you can't if you can't understand that somebody else, like I got a wide receiver out here that if I jump him, I'm losing him for the rest of the game.
1: He's done. Shut yeah. down. He's gone. Yep. Absolutely.
2: But there are guys Correct. on my own line that are friends to this day. Mm-hmm. And I would go with them and I would come hard at them in the game <laughs> yep, yep. And, they would, and that would motivate them. They, that would fire them up and they'd yep. be ready to play. But the only way you can do that is for them to know that I'm going to die for them. Yep. And if you ask anyone I played with, they knew that there wasn't, I wasn't going to quit yeah. ever. I wasn't yeah. going to slide two yards for the first down. <laughs> I wasn't going to, I mean, listen, you want to hit me, hit me, but yep. you're going to get hit as well.
3: <laughs> so, Corey, I heard uh, uh, there's a the grapevine a story about uh, the K State game where Coach Hill was signaling you plays and you were waving them off. What? <laughs> tell me
2: that story. What? What is that all about, Well, That might be one of the funniest stories that I've, <laughs> I'm from college. Okay, that's that. K, that's a '97 K State game. When I'm getting, they've got Simino and they've got Oaks. They've got uh, who's the other kid? Um, God. Oh, I played uh, played for the Vikings, linebacker, Good. their linebacking core. They had Jared Cooper at strong safety who'd come down to the box. And we kept running freaking zone option into this stuff. And we're not blocking a soul. Not only. <laughs> and so I keep taking these hits, and I'm saying, okay, we got to do something different, whether it's play action, get me on the edge, do something. So we're in the third quarter, and Coach, and Coach Hill reached up, signals in zero nine. 9 which is zone option to the right, a read option to the right. I'm going okay, okay. I get to the huddle, I step back out of the huddle. I said, and I, I shake my head. He's backing <laughs> people up he thinks I can't see him, or I can't remember what he just sent in. He's backing, yeah. everybody, backing everybody up, pointing everybody up. Signals it again. I said, like, oh. like, like a pitcher waving <laughs> off the catcher. Nope, we ain't throwing a fastball. We ain't doing it. That's unheard so, of. That's hilarious. So he, so, so I do it one more time. And finally I look at the, the ref, and I say, timeout. I go over the sideline <laughs> and I tell Coach Hill. I said, and our office coordinator, Coach Burnt, was up in the up in the box signaling the player, calling in the plays to Coach Hill who'd send them to me. So I go, I go over the sideline, and he, goes, he goes, corpus mind, you can't you can't see me. And I said, Heck yes, I see you. And I said, <laughs> you want to run the option one more time, I'll take off my helmet, my pads, and you give them to Coach Burnt and tell them to come <laughs> down <and run> here. <laughs> And so the way that gets – I used an, an executive or two in that conversation. And so the way that gets conveyed back up to Coach was, was, uh, Corb's not comfortable with the, with the option right now. <laughs> not that exactly is what so I said, but he got funny.
3: the
2: that
1: is oh. So do you remember what plays you ended up running?
2: Um, I don't remember what the next play was, but two plays later, we hauled a pass play, and I scrambled for like a 17-yard touchdown and lost a shoot. <laughs> I mean, in that's how much I was. I, mean, I was just trying to get. I was trying to try to get away. Get away get hit. I knew. No, could hit me that me. is that's leadership. <laughs> I mean, you
3: know, it isn't about it isn't about getting hit. You're taking a hit. You'll do whatever you want for your team if it's working. But if it's not working, we're not going to do that. Like, and I think those are the teams that are successful when their coaches are listening to you. You call a timeout. Yeah. You say, "Hey, coach." This is is not working in your own words, but they listen to you over those relationships, you know, that are built over the years in the summer, in the winter conditioning. Right. A lot of these players and I, you know, we saw when we whenever we were younger, it when Coach Pico's program is that, you know, on Saturday in September, people want to step up and start talking loud. People want to start trying to be a leader and get out in front of the team and whatnot. It was like, well, where were you in January, February, and March? I saw you. I saw you didn't make your conditioning test, right? You were throwing up. You were throwing (laughs) up. You didn't put the work in. And it's about Mm -hmm. building those relationships with your teammates and your coaches. So whenever you say, Coach Hill, no, uh, not run the option. He is conveying that. He's listening to you. And the game plan changes in it and look at your guys season and what happened because of that relationship. And I think the same thing happened with um, when we played uh, the coaches, you know, made an effort to get, to really get to know us, to invest in us and build those relationships. And we had success as well. So, you know, what does this team need to do from today, moving forward to the end of the season to be successful and what, regardless of how many games we win, but to come out there and compete and really build, you know, that camaraderie that it's going to take to, um, to continue to build the program.
2: First thing is they, they got to believe they got to commit to each other and they got to believe. And if they're doubting themselves and doubting the fact that they can compete then they've already lost. You guys yeah. know that. I mean, yeah. granted, I lost a heck, of more, a heck of a lot more games in my career than y'all lost. <laughs> but you understand what it takes to win, Absolutely. period. And and if you and if you go out there and you the first, I mean, the first first play or first series, you get stuffed, or and then you get back to that mentality. Oh, here we go again. If you get into mm-hmm. that, then you're gone. It's a wrap. Yep. So yep. they got to believe and they got to commit to finishing. Finishing
1: the game, finish the battle. Yeah, it's funny that you say that. Here we go again, Till, because like that was one of the big things with us was you know that same old Mizzou mentality. And when you know you're talking about that Falcon defense, you guys were already rolling. Like here we go again. Put your helmets on, boys. <laughs> <And you> know. <laughs> one of the things yep. that we focused on changing while we were there was not "here we go again," but just saying "here we go," right? Like it was just another opportunity for us to get out there on the field and go prove it. Another opportunity to go play. Another opportunity to put a brick in the wall, the foundation that we were trying to build for yeah. the program. And I think that that's one of the things that this team, you're really going to find yourself when things aren't going well, right? You build off of positive momentum, but you're made out of your mistakes, if you ask and, me.
2: And Tommy, to go back to what you were asking me about that 97 team, that next week after that K State game, we go to we travel to Stillwater and play an undefeated number 12 ranked uh, Oklahoma State team with who had RW recorders, first round draft, yeah. first round corner on the edge. And we came out throwing at him. My <laughs> five eight wide receiver, Kent Lehman, lit him up the whole first half. So we go in, we go up. We're in, we're up like 28, 3 or 28, 7 or something. I mean 31 seven, something like that, something crazy at half. I mean, yeah. they got Coach Smith on the sideline getting interviewed, crying <laughs> because going. So well yeah, so we're all we're fired up about this. All right. So now we think, okay, we've we turned the corner. We come out second half, get conservative, end up going down with a minute 17 seconds left on the clock. We get the ball on, on our 20, and we're down by a touchdown at this point. Hmm. So we yeah. did we basically did nothing. So at that point is when the mentality changed Mm -hmm. it's all everyone's hey man everyone's doing great when you're winning when you're up and killing people i mean everybody's happy who are you who are you when things are down when the chips Mm -hmm. are down and you've got a minute left to to win a game what do you what 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 do you have then so what we did we ran two crossing routes got to the 50-yard line after a 50-yard touchdown to ricky ross who made the best catch of his career (laughs) i mean to tie the game we win in double overtime at Stillwater, that's what changed that from that point on, there was no more doubt. If you can, you know, if you can remove the doubt, then you're there.
1: And it takes right. a grit. and I'll tell you what, real quick before you ask Tommy. So the, the improbability of you guys tying that game and winning, right? It doesn't matter. You do everything you can to make it happen. Okay. Whether it's, you know, it's, it's improbable, it's not going to happen but you just continue to do everything. You don't accept that it won't happen. And in this game last week, and this is just going to – like this is going to come because we've got a lot of young players on this defense, on this team now. But there was, I think it was right at the end of the first half, and it was third and twelve, and they ran the ball in for a touchdown. And a corner came from the – guy broke a tackle in the middle of the field. Corner came from the backside and had a chance to probably dive – swipe his feet, tackle him about the two or the three. They probably would have scored two plays later, but maybe they wouldn't have. They might have fumbled. But the dude just gave up. He didn't tackle him. And those are the things. Like, when he looks back on this film this week, the coaches are going to kill him, and then he's going to be killing himself if he's a competitor. And it won't happen again. But as a young team, as a team that was already down 35 to 10, going into 42, I guess it was at that point, 42 to 3 or 10 or whatever it was, like – those are the plays that have to happen to you before you kick yep. it in gear sometimes. Yep. And so no that doubt. just that reminded me of it. And I think these guys are going to be okay. They just are going to, you know, they're going to fumble their way through it a little bit. And then yep. we'll be happy that they did in a couple of years.
4: When
2: we came in, we came to the huddle that with that minute 17, we came into the huddle and I looked at maybe a minute, minute 21, minute 27, 17, whichever one. I came in the huddle and I looked at every one of them. I looked at every one of my guys and I said, if anyone doesn't think we're gonna win this game, you need to get out of my huddle. Get out, let's go.
3: go. And get one out. of my wide
2: receivers, one of my wide receivers, was like messing with his shoe or something. He was looking down, and I looked at him and I, and I, I said, "Hey," and I'm not gonna say his name. But I said, "Hey," I he said, "If you don't look at me and if you don't believe, then I'm gonna get somebody else in here right now." Gotta go. And he, and he said that. Yep. He goes, "That's not it. That's not it." I said, "All right, let's go."
3: <laughs> yep, I like it. And. Uh... I mean, it seems, you know, when you're going through this, Coach Pinkle, I remember we had to do the uh, 17 laws of teamwork, right? And it seems when you're doing it, you're like reading off the paper, all the 17 laws during two days and whatnot, but it's real, you know, the law of accountability, like not accountability, countability. Can I count on you when the game is on the line? Okay. We can be accountable and we can show up to weights and we can show up to practice and we can. You know, we can play games and catch third downs, but when the game's on the line and we gotta go ninety eight yards for a touchdown to win the game, can we count on you? Are you do you have that dog in you? And I don't Mm -hmm. I think that that's what you know you go to Mizzou because of that, because you have a chip on your shoulder, because you have something to prove, right? And you're ready to work. And so you gotta find that you gotta be able to pull that out of your teammates that um, they lost it for a second, yep. you know, just yep. like you said. And you got, and if you don't have a relationship with that receiver, he's gonna shut down. You know, if yep. you have a relationship with them, then you can say whatever you want, or you know how to talk with to him.
2: Absolutely, you know, absolutely. I mean, and and I was as frustrated as anyone at that point because. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, we didn't we didn't play well the second half. We didn't. We didn't. I mean, it went from the top down. We didn't call the right plays. We didn't play well. When we had the right plays called, I mean, it was it was horrible. But, you know, at the end of the day, it all comes back to, I mean, your your accountability, it's it's more than that. It's love. Mm-hmm. How much do you love your teammate? Yep. Because I'd rather – I can fail for myself, but I'm not going to fail you. I'm not going to let you down. Yep.
1: No, that's solid. Well, switching gears a little bit to homecoming, we got uh, North Texas coming in this week. Uh, I'm sure you had a couple memorable homecomings there in Como, Corby. Tell us about uh, your. Tell us about your best homecoming memory. You have got on the field, and off the field, if you want.
2: I don't know if I talk about the off the field, but <laughs> we'll,
3: we'll, we'll go with the off the field. Right, hey, we could be all day talking about you and Rucks off the field. Uh, oh,
1: whoa, library, studying. that's what I'm talking
2: about. No, I th- I think that I pro- probably that 97 homecoming because it was OU coming in. Granted, it wasn't the real OU. It wasn't like <laughs> I tell people about, about beating Nebraska. Like yeah. even y'all. That Nebraska you guys beat, those dudes were Nebraska, those guys were dressed up in Nebraska's uniform. They had uniforms on. <laughs> so them wasn't the black they're, they're shirts, was they? They're just disguised <laughs> as Nebraska. But you know, I mean, the OU, that OU team wasn't wasn't the OU team. Granted, that's I mean that's a, those are the same players that came back and won the national championship the next year with a different coach. Sure. I mean, they they had, they had talent, they had gifts, mm-hmm. but we were so committed at that time. You know, we had so much, we were so confident and so committed to, 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 to winning. I mean, we didn't care who stepped on that field. Mm-hmm. We were going we to go out there. And we were going to beat them. We stopped. I mean, we thought that we'd compete with anybody in the country at that point.
1: Yeah. So a funny story uh, that I tell often, but, that 97 year, the, the kickball game against Nebraska. <laughs> that was a day that I decided that wasn't the day until later on, but that was a day that made me come to Mizzou. Uh Mizzou had been a doormat for years. And I remember going to Foreau Field, and another fun fact is we have the ball that you had in your hand when my brother and Grant Wistrom sacked you. That ball was at our house in St. Joe. But anyway. Um, I do come
0: get that ball, I'm going <laughs> get that ball back. It's my
1: ball, but I remember being 12 years old, and this was like the first game <laughs> that I was ever gonna see Mizzou lose or Nebraska lose, and I couldn't believe it. And when we showed up that day, you guys were good, and the stadium was packed, and the fans were just rabid. I mean, they were absolutely nuts, and I had never seen this at a Mizzou game before, and I was like, oh my gosh, these people are crazy. And when it came uh later on you know the game went into overtime and they ended up winning them guy kicked the ball off his shoe and nebraska caught it but when it came time for me to make my decision between nebraska and mizzou it was like do i want to be a guy who goes out of state and helps another university continue a winning tradition or do i want to stay home and try to bring all those people that you brought into the stadium back and give them something to cheer about again and so i think i just it's so cool to hear you talk about 97 From your eyes, because in my eyes, like that was that was what made me want to come to Mizzou. And then, you know, Corby. Then you want to be like Corby when you get to Mizzou. (laughs) Yeah, you you tried, Brock. You did your best (laughs) to uh, try.
3: Corby, what what was that Nebraska game like um, for you? What was your thoughts? Because you know, when I I hear people talk about it, it's like, okay, great, but you lost. You know what I mean? Like, I I am. It's like, I don't want to, I don't care about competing. I don't care. I want to win. And that's what matters. (laughs) I don't care if I have 10 catches or drop 10. I want to
2: win. There are no moral victories. Yep. No moral victories. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I, that was the game that, you know, of all the games I played, I would always critique myself first. I would go through and I'd say, okay, what could I have done? What could I have done here? What could I have done here? What could I have, what, what, I've done better. Where were my mistakes? That game, I braided out like a 98 or something crazy. I mean, it was, I, I had probably my best, I mean, not probably my best game of my collegiate career. And so I knew that there was, I left it on the field. I knew that there's nothing I could do at mm-hmm. that point. I mean, it was, there was a freak play. Um, you know, I, we had an audible. I mean, if we're going to get in detail. We had, we had a third and two, and we had an audible and running option into the boundary. That was my check. Into the boundary, if they showed a bear defense, they came up in bear. I checked into into that, and we, we had nothing. They had two people there. I couldn't do anything with it. And so we got stopped, and that forces us to pump the ball back and give them a minute seven left on the clock. If any other game other than that game, I would have questioned the call. And I might have checked, I might have checked something different, or I might have told them when we went to, we have a timeout right before that, because the called their their last timeout,
1: mm-hmm. or
2: second to last timeout, because they called one right right after that, right after they stopped us. And so we had a timeout, so we're in, I'm on the sideline talking, and the coach gives me, gives me our, our checks and our plays, and I'm going, okay, okay, if they come in this, we're going to do this. And I'm thinking, I don't want to run this into the boundary. I have no out. I have no out that way. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, you know, if we need two yards, then get me on the edge, Mm -hmm. run play action, run action, something, something like that to the to the field side, so at least I can make a decision or I can run if if need be. Um, But I, but Coach Burn had called such a great game that game, Mm -hmm. and I just didn't. This only time, I only time. I mean, there there were times during the season I questioned probably sixty percent of his calls, (laughs) but that day he had call such a great game. I didn't even think twice about it. Yeah. So we run it and that's and that's how it happens. But you know, if I could do something different, I would have I would have checked into something different. But hindsight's 2020. Sure. But I mean, we still had an opportunity to to stop them. But you know, that's a Nebraska team. What was our motivating factor that day, or my biggest one was we that was a that was a 330 game.
4: Mm-hmm. And
2: so we got to watch like Sports Center and everything in the morning. And I heard Lee Corso say, Corby Jones has had an incredible year, but he will not finish this football game. Dang. This team, this team had given up, it's game eight. This team had given up 21 points all season. All season. Wow. So I mean, you're you're going into a buzzsaw
1: and you know it. Man, that's Uh, unbelievable.
2: And we had, I mean, we that that's that's what I'm saying. We just we believed. And as we were 21 point underdog um we we had so much faith in in our guys and mm-hmm. in what we were doing that we had we thought we had a chance and then they let us hang around and show and prove and let us prove to it prove to them that we had a chance and then we're now we're rolling now we yeah. feel like i mean we who are these guys
4: <laughs>
1: it's crazy how much detail you can remember i always find it fascinating when you talk to especially when you talk to quarterbacks what are you trying uh,
2: to say man? <laughs> i'm old i'm trying to say
1: no, I'm trying to say I've been hitting the head a lot, and I can't tell you what I had for lunch <laughs> yesterday, well, <I> think <laughs> let alone how much time was on the clock oh, at 97. Exactly. <laughs> I think that, you know, as a quarterback, me and Rod talk like Chase Daniel,
3: like can remember every single play, They're just like you're talking about. Can remember down to the detail of every, the play call, how you're feeling during the time. You know, I know for me, I'm only focused about myself and what I can control. I'm not worried. I can't control the play call. I can't control anything else. I'm only I'm so self-absorbed just to do my part and my job and especially with the guys that I played around the great receivers you know I would go three quarters you know three hours without a look and then have five catches on a two minute drill right mm-hmm. so for mm-hmm. me it was staying uh focused the entire time so it's it's just interesting to see um as you're talking about the these plays and memories, and I don't I think that what these this team has to figure out and really dive down is and when you talk about belief, is like you know, some some players when you're young, you think that if I had a different coach, then and I got more opportunities, or if we were in a different offense, if all these other circumstances change, then I'll perform, right? And you know, that is not the case. You have to go out with the opportunity that you have right in front of you and give 100% effort, know what you're doing, and create your opportunities, right? You can't make Absolutely. excuses and start pointing blame, right? And then when you point blame, you don't have control. You don't feel like you have control over this situation, right? Go out there and do your job. Do what you're supposed to do on every single play. Nobody played a perfect game, right? Absolutely. So, I don't know. Um, it's I think you get frustrated because uh, – you put, you invested so much into Mizzou and overcoming, right? You're down low and you're trying to figure that stuff out for yourself and you're trying to overcome it. And then when you do, you got it. you're like, okay, I got it. And uh, you want to help these guys out and help them, you know, turn the corner. You hope they turn the corner and turn it
1: around. And speaking of turning the corner and turning around, we appreciate your time and we'll get you out of here because uh, I know you got a busy day, but what do you see for these Tigers for the rest of the season?
2: I think it's all it's all on them. I mean, I think they can do they can do whatever they decide they want to do. Yeah, but they got to want it. And they got to believe that they can do it. I mean, whether or not we think whether or not we think they can do it, it makes absolutely no difference. True. You know, they need to shut out all the outside noise. Yep. Stop reading the press clippings, bad or good and focus on your job and your team and your teammates.
1: Yep. Absolutely. There you heard it. on will make a zoo. Corby Jones. Our show sponsored by 360 Vodka. Thank you, to Tommy Saunders. Big thanks to Corby Jones. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next week.
4: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. access to a center is easy and affordable interested in experiencing the ee system technology for yourself go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire blue wire to learn more and find a center near you that's u-n-i-f-y-d healing.com blue wire no material or testimonials on the unified healing website